Morning, church. How are you? Can you turn to your neighbor and say, Peace be upon you? Right, turn to the other person and say that to him or her too. Peace be upon you. Now, it's important for us to say peace to one another, especially in these times and seasons, isn't it? Because the peace that the Bible describes is not peace without any turmoil or difficulty. The peace that God described in the Bible is peace in the midst of challenges and difficult times. Amen? We can have peace because God is with us. We can have peace because there's enough grace for us. Amen? I just want to say thank you to Church of Our Savior. You know, the last three months has been a very busy period for me. And recently, I have a lot of uh, concerning members or friends coming to me and saying, they shake their head and say, wow, you are so busy, huh? And I say, yeah, please pray for me. I say, yeah, we are praying for you. So thank you for your encouragement. In fact, uh, we have been busy running from uh, place to place, rushing from meetings to meetings. Now, Archdeacon, our senior pastor, is also very busy rushing from meetings to meetings. Soon, both of us will become Russians, not Singaporeans anymore. <laughs> All right? But, however, I'm reminded that Jesus is busy but not rushing. So I'm telling myself, you know, I shouldn't be rushing from place to place. So yesterday morning when I was praying in my quiet time, the Lord deposited a word for me. He said, Chris, I have enough grace for you. And before I know it, you know, yesterday when I was coming to the service to preach, the worship team has prepared the set, the worship set, one and a half weeks before. And then when I was seeing there's enough grace for you, I was like, hallelujah, praise God. Praise God because He loves you, He loves me, and someone here needs to understand that there is enough grace for you and me. And as I was thinking of what to preach last year for today, I actually refer to the message that our senior pastor wrote to us. I wonder if any of you have read this. If you have not seen this, please subscribe to our Telegram channel. <laughs> if you cannot scan, right, actually you can go to Telegram and search Church of Our Saviour SG. Then you can subscribe to it. Anyway, I took out an extract of it and it says this. Our Archdeacon says, The church is above all a centre of worship and God's presence. And this cannot happen unless God is also very present at the centre of our lives. Getting this right is always a priority for us, and in 2023, we want to grow into God's will for our lives individually and corporately. We want to draw near to God even while the Spirit is empowering us as witnesses. With each season of new growth, God inevitably challenges us to step out. Say, step out. Step out of our comfort zones and venture into deeper waters of faith and obedience. Breakthrough comes through breaking. May 2023 be for us a year of spiritual breakthrough. Amen. And I love the word breakthrough because for God to break through, we need Him to break in. And God needs to do something within us, in us, so that He can do it through us. And so today, I want to talk about breakthrough. I do not know how many of you has prayed that this year you want to have spiritual breakthrough. How many of you? I want to have spiritual breakthrough in my life. And I am very, very proud of Church of Our Savior, very proud of being part of our Church of Our Savior because God is doing some amazing work amongst the members. It's not just the staff team that's working hard. You know, the lay people, the members are, are coming together and they are reaching out, touching communities. Just a few days ago, there was this uh, Manakus retreat chat group that was very busy because someone shared a news about a missionary, an elder from a church in Singapore that has gone to Korea for a conference and gotten sick. And he was in ICU. And for him to be able to fly back to Singapore, it cost them 440000 and they called out for help. And one of the brothers sent this uh, news in the chat group, and then people start to ask about it, and they started to contribute, and before you know it, the fund of 440000 was raised. Now, it's not just our church, but, you know, church at large in Singapore. But I'm just so thankful that we can be part of it, and to be honest, we are one of the first to respond to the cry for help. Let's give glory to God, shall we? 
how wonderful it is for us in the midst of thinking about the situation, your own financial situation, we are willing to give, we are willing to have a breakthrough in our giving. You know, when you start spending time with God, start getting intimate with God, there's always something the Lord asks you to do. Because when you spend time with God, there is a response and a responsibility that God has given to you. But sometimes we cannot get through that, we cannot have a breakthrough because of our mindset. I do not know whether you have played this game before, it's called escape room. How many of you has gone to an escape room before? Raise your hand. Now, I've never been there, but my eldest daughter went there together with a cell group one day. Now, this game is, is pretty weird to me because you pay money to be locked up in prison or in a room. And you need to escape this room in two hours. And I was telling my daughter, so how do you feel? She said that, you know, I, I was panicking. I almost cried because uh, we were trapped in the room. We could not find a clue. And I said you do know that you'll be released after two hours, right? Because you have paid enough money. (laughs) However, she said, even though I know I was going to be released, I was panicking because of the fear and the anxiety that goes into my mind. And I, I was thinking about this, and I thought to myself, isn't it similar to us Christians sometimes that you know that we worship the great and mighty God, that you know that the God who created the universe is with you, that you know the Holy Spirit is in you, the one who raised Jesus from the dead, the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is also residing in in you and through you, and yet we got stuck in our mindset. We got stuck. We don't obey, we don't respond in like manner because our perspective can become our prison. It either becomes your prison or your passport. When my youngest boy, Caleb, when he was about six to seven years old, he wrote this note in his bedroom. My children all love penguin, so they have penguin soft toy everywhere. So he loved penguin so much that he said this, penguins can't fly, I can't fly, therefore I am a penguin. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this is definitely wrong. It seems cute at first, but I realized that wrong thinking can lead to wrong conclusion, can lead to wrong doing. You know, when I was sharing the gospel in the army once, uh, there are people who challenged me and say, your God, God is love, right? But love is blind, so your God is blind. I say, huh? This kind of philosophy also have ah. Uh. So I actually responded with shock. And then I have a good friend who is a Christian. He said, why don't you reply him? The beggar got moustache. Your father got moustache. Your father is the beggar. <laughs> so you, you realize that this kind of philosophy don't work, but this kind of thinking somehow crab into our minds and, 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 and take root in our minds and our perspective that we cannot have a breakthrough. Now, there's a man that I researched on the internet, a Japanese guy called Toko. He thought that he, he, he was a dog. In fact, he loved dogs so much that he wanted to become a dog. So when he had earned his, enough money, he actually spent $21,600 to buy a dog costume. And this is him in the costume. And he tweeted a video of this costume, which has garnered about 1.7 million views. Now, I do not know about you, but the generation we're living in is very different. And what was more worrying for me was the comment, were the comments that was in the video tweet. Because when I was looking through the comments, there are people that were praising him and say, well done, you live your dream, now you are finally a dog, and things like that. I was thinking to myself, if Caleb one day asked, told me that he spent $2,000 at the age of 20 years old to buy a penguin suit and behave like a penguin, I would have fainted. But however, people were praising him for doing a thing like this, thinking to themselves, this is freedom. Now, I want you to know, friends, we are living in a world where deception and lies are everywhere. The devil is out there to steal, kill, and to destroy. And therefore, we need the Word of God so much today. We need the truth of God so much today. God needs to break in so that we can break through. Amen? And for us to have a spiritual breakthrough, it is not getting more. 
It is not to have more in your pockets, to have success only in your companies, to have financial freedom, and so on and so forth. I think our church, our spiritual breakthrough, our goal should be to be more like Christ. Can I hear an amen? The goal of Christianity is not more knowledge, but more like Christ. And I know as a pastor, when I preach the sermon and people say, you know, I was so touched by you. And, and after that, they go to the car park, uh, they can quarrel with someone in the car park. <laughs> and people will ask, you know, pastor, please help. You know, I thought I just preached a message of forgiveness. And they say, that is your message, but this is the problem. And we cannot have a connection. And today I want you to know that our church, we want to be more Christ-like. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think you are more and more like Christ already. <laughs> uh, say in prophetic words. <laughs> and there's a man I want to refer to in the Bible, and his name is David. King David, as we know, was a man after God's heart. And yet God has to break into him in order for him to experience breakthrough. Now, we all know that David, when he was young, he was actually a, a giant slayer, isn't it? He killed Goliath at a very young age, but much later, when he became too famous, too popular, his own king, King Saul, his own spiritual father, the one who put the armor on him, started pursuing him. And then later on, he was stuck in the cave of Adullam, writing psalms of praise in the midst of distress and trouble. And in the midst of that, God brought to him, the Bible says, the distress and the outcast came to him. Now, very interesting because when you start to read the Bible, we often think of, you know, situation whereby you spend a lot of time with these people and it become like them. Don't you realize that? When you are among depressed people, suddenly you also become depressed. <laughs> but however, that was not the case of David. David was in the cave of Adullam, and then there are all these people who are outcast, depressed, they are distressed, they came to him, and then he became a leader among them, and they, they become his 400 mighty warriors. Praise God. There is something about David's leadership that we can learn from. But more so, I think that God brought him to the cave of Adullam to train him, to hone him, to give him a spiritual breakthrough. And I think God always does that because when God wants to use a man, he will kill a man, he will hone him, he will break him so that he's ready. So do not allow your past hurts to derail you from the destiny God has for you because the enemy has come to deceive, to distract and to destroy. Now, I played a game in the two services, so I thought I would do that. How many of you can do this at the count of three? One, two, three, like this. Can you do this? Okay, let's do that together. First of all, cross your fingers like locked up like this. Yes, correct. And then at the count of three, you turn. One, two, three, turn. Can you do that? Okay, you can't do that, right? Because I deceive you. First of all, I tell you, put your hands locked like this, right? Then I distract you. And then I turn my hand this way. And I turn. <laughs> and that's exactly what the devil is doing to all of us. That you are deceived by his lies and you are distracted and then he will destroy you. Now even those who are not of faith knows that every great man and woman must go through some suffering and pain in order to become great. Look at Michael Jordan. He was rejected from his own high school basketball team and he ran home and locked his room and cried. Later on, he became six-time NBA champion, five-time NBA MPP and four-time NBA All-Star. Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper for lacking imagination and having no original ideas. He became the creator of Mickey Mouse and winner of 22 Academy Awards. Albert Einstein, he wasn't able to speak until he was almost four years old. And his teachers said he would not amount to much. Then he won the Nobel Prize. And then we have Abraham Lincoln. His fiancée died, failed in business, had a nervous breakdown, and was defeated in eight elections, and he was a Christian. And then he became the 16th president in the United States. And many of these people went through suffering and hard time. And it, it, it is here to remind us that every setback is a setup for a comeback, because God wants to bring us out better than we were before. Amen? 
And so do not allow your past hurts to derail you from the destiny God has for you. Now, King David was like this. There was a destiny for him, and he knew there was a destiny for him. He knew it, and yet he has to go through this difficulty. And there was a story, a time when he was already made king in Hebron. You know, the Bible says that King David was king for 40 years, 7 years in Hebron, and 33 years in Jerusalem. Now, he was made king in Hebron because the people of Judah made him king. They recognized him as king, but the northern Israel did not recognize but the time has come when the northern kingdom has fallen and the son of Saul has died. And therefore, the northern tribes came to David and said, you are our flesh and blood. We want you to be king over the entire Israel. And this was after he has conquered Jerusalem and made Jerusalem the city of David. So after he has been anointed king of all Israel, let's read this story together. Verse 8, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went out against them. Now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? The Lord said to him, Go up and I will give them into your hand. Verse 11, And he went up to Baal Perazim, and David struck them down there, and David said, God has... Let's say that one more time. God has... Final time, one last big shout. God has... God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a bursting flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perazim. And they left their gods there, and David gave command, and they were burned. What can we learn from David? What can we learn about breakthrough from David? First, David, when he was faced with the enemies, he was facing and confronting the enemies with courage. He was able to look at the enemy in the eye and say, you know what, I'm going to come at you, facing your enemies. I do not know whether this year, in order for you to have a spiritual breakthrough, you need to face your enemy. Your enemy can be a sickness. Your enemy can be something that you fear. Your enemy can be a person, but yet you need to confront uh, most of the time, I think, in a spiritual context, we are facing a lot of times our fears. And today, I'm here to announce to you that as you want to have a spiritual breakthrough, we need to confront all these fears with courage. And courage is not the absence of fear. It's not the absence of fear. You need to confront it with courage. Now, this year, I have the privilege of getting a, a few brothers and sisters together to have a special program called Project 48. Because last year, I thought, you know, I was putting on weight and I thought to myself, I should diet this year. And then I don't want to diet alone, so I thought maybe I'll get some, some people to diet with me so that we can see encouragement together. So of course, I get people who can lose quite a lot. <laughs> and so I told myself, mm, this year, I'm going to be 48 years old. Let's have a project 48. So I gathered the three of them. Together, we weigh quite a lot. Huh? Uh, some are over 100 kg. So we gathered and then we said, you know, we're going to lose 48 kg together. Then they say, yeah, we are going to lose 48. And they say, yeah, Pastor Chris, help us, help us. Then I say, okay, I'm going to come in. And then we were having this meeting and I was going to tell them the program. It's not just physical, but it's also spiritual because they have to send me their devotion. We'll check on one another. There's some kind of accountability in this journey. Uh, but one of the things that uh, I was quite shocked was about the way they talk about food. Because when they talk about food, their eyes lit up and they are very excited. I asked them, what is your zi ming sang? That means the thing, the food that will tempt you and you cannot give up. We have to deal with that. We have to confront that. And then one of them said, you know, it's McDonald's. Well, then he started describing the French fries in Anson Road that is crispy on the outside and soft in the inside. When you break it out, you can see smoke coming out. And then the other two like, where, where, where? <laughs> And then, you know, every time I say something, they will chip in with beef, 
with pork chop, with many other fried chicken, the best fried chicken in town. And I have to stop there and I say, hey, look, 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 now we have to confront this. And then I say, when is the last time you weigh yourself? And they say, oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't bring out the weighing machine. And so I brought out the weighing machine. <laughs> we started weighing one another. And I want you to know that they didn't like it. I didn't like it too. But we have to confront the situation at that moment. And together we weigh quite a lot of kg. But I'm, I'm happy to tell you that since January the 1st, together, collectively, we have lost 10 kg together. All right, 10. And uh, I'm excited because I think they actually confront their fears. And we confront all these fears with courage. And many Christians fall because they could not pass in real battle. Now, I want you to imagine yourself as part of David's army. And you are standing there waiting to charge. And then the enemy is out there. And then you have your, your shouts of victory. Are we ready to fight? And then you say, yes! God give us victory? Yes! God is our victory? Yes! And you did not move at all. Can you win? You can't. You know, gangster last time, before they say something, uh, the parang come out already. But these days, the gangster, uh, they just hurl insults at one another. <laughs> they just keep hurling insults. And I could imagine if King David was one of those uh, modern-day gangsters that just hurl insults, hurl insults, you know, nothing is going to happen. And this is what is happening, that sometimes we cannot experience spiritual breakthrough because we are not willing to pay the price. We are not willing to sow into kingdom's work. We are not willing to spend time with God, to be intimate with God, to study the Word of God, and we go on declaring victory, but yet it was not in the name of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we cannot experience breakthrough. And Christians fall because they could not pass in real battle. What about David? David, in the Bible, it says this, in verse 8, all the Philistines went up to search for David. David has become a threat to the enemy. And when they were looking for David, David did not hide from them. David did not retreat back to the cave in Adulam because that day is over, was over. This is the day of victory. So David heard of it and went out against them. I do not know how many of us this year you are facing with challenges. And if you are facing with challenges, the Word of God is reminding all of us to face your challenge with courage, with courage. Because if you look at David's life, when he was young, he was already doing that. Remember the battle he had with Goliath, the giant? In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48, it says this, When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. I, I think about David, I, I thought to myself, Goliath is coming. The people were shouting their war cry, but when Goliath came out, everybody ran. Remember that story? Everybody ran and hid. But David marched against Goliath. And this is the message for us. We need to walk towards Goliath. And the valley that the Philistines were out there camping, waiting in ambush, was called the Valley of Rephaim. And the original word, it says, mighty ones. And in some version, it says that this is a translation for giants. And Philistines had their own giants, like Goliath and many other giants. But you know what? After this event is over, the place has changed. Because the name is now known as Baal Perazim. Because Perazim means breakthrough. And Baal is sometimes a translation for Lord of God. And it is referring to a place where God is going to bring breakthrough in this valley. Amen. I do not know about you, what you are going uh, about in your business, on your struggle, but I believe that in our own situation, God can bring a breakthrough in our life. Trust in Him and confront with courage. In Philippians 2.12, it says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. That's what Paul is telling the church. He said, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. And therefore, recognize this, that in order for God to work in you, you must be ready to confront with courage. And number two, we need to consult with God. We need to seek God and ask His opinion. Consulting God. Many people pray and consult God only to give God advice, not to get advice from God. It's like some young people who pray. There was a story about this young man who wanted a girlfriend, prayed to God, God, please give me a girlfriend. Tomorrow I get up the bus, show me which one is the girlfriend that you have prepared for me. Went up the bus, it was very crowded. He stood there and noticed there was a girl that he, he really liked on the left and there was a girl that he really don't like on the right. And suddenly, the bus took a very sharp left turn and he was leaning on the right on the girl that he didn't really like. And he prayed this prayer, Lord, keep me away from temptation. <laughs> and suddenly, the bus turned the other way and then he was leaning on the girl that he really liked. And he said, Lord, let thy will be done. <laughs> and many people, when they consult God, they were really asking God, this is the agenda, this is my proposal, and this is my answer. Lord, just rubber stamp it. And you know what God said? No, I'm not following your agenda. You are supposed to follow my agenda. You do not know that I am the one that calls you. I show you the pillar. I show you the pillar of fire, the cloud, and then you move. Where my spirit is, there you shall be. Amen. It is not asking God, you come here and do my work. It is us moving to where God is and do His his work. Consulting God means that we are asking God for His advice, His plans, His agenda. And David inquired of God, and God said to him, go up, and he won the victory. He experienced breakthrough. Now, the Bible continued to say that the Philistine was not happy. They ambushed again in the same valley, in the place where they have lost. They attacked again. They made a raid in the valley, and in verse 14, let's read that together. Verse 14, go. And... When David again, so David prayed again. David asked God again. David consulted God and God said to him, you shall not go up after them. Go around and come against them opposite the balsam trees. Now you must understand that God's plan was different this time. I do not know about you, but sometimes our experience can hinder us. Sometimes God may have moved in a past experience and we use that as a model to create more experiences and our own experience can become tradition and become a barrier for what God is going to do in this new season. And God is reminding us that His methods aren't always the same but His principles remain the same. I'm very terrified when people tell me there's a formula to do things because in my understanding and experience and work with God, there's no, no formula <laughs> because when you seek God, God always gives you different things. I don't go around, you know, bringing my guitar and singing songs to every auntie I meet just to share gospel. I want you to know that. It may work the last time, but other times it was maybe to buy a bakwa. <laughs> Now, with this Chinese New Year, pray and consult God because God may give you a new idea, may give you a new instruction and a new mission. Now, we have to be very careful when very well-meaning Christians have moved in a certain area and then they created a formula that you have to buy this, you have to do this, and then all this formula has become traditions that will become superstition. There's a very big difference between faith in God and superstition because superstition will let us to depend on the things that we do, the format, the way things are. I'm not saying that everything is bad. I think that there are good things in the old that is founded in the Scriptures, in the Word of God that we have to hold fast to. But don't ever create a formula. Don't sell handkerchiefs. You know, Paul touched handkerchief and then we start to sell handkerchiefs. I don't think God expects the church to make a lot of handkerchiefs to, to, to actually sell to the church. I don't think so. I think we need to consult God. We need to understand His methods aren't always the same. Maybe this morning, God is also speaking to you about something you need to let go. 
Some of you may have been harboring some past hurts that you need to let go. When God speaks to you, let go. Maybe this Chinese New Year. You know, for me, as I serve, I realize that even when I consult God, I don't really always obey. And this is the time when I kind of was a little bit disobedient at the beginning. Because I was having a conflict with a colleague and during the conflict, it was a short exchange of words and I offended the person without knowing. I went back home and then I received a text that offended me very much. So we started to have a text conversation that started offending one another more and more. Without giving you too much detail, she was offended, I was offended, and then finally I text and say, okay, I'm sorry, it's all my fault. But actually, I wasn't really sorry. I just want to cut off the, you know, the conversation. I just want to stop this conversation and cut off this relationship. How many of you have done this before? You know, don't raise hand, am I? You know, <laughs> you, you, you kind of, you are angry and upset, but you, you say sorry anyway. You weren't really sorry. You just wanted to stop this relationship. And I knew I was doing that, and I knew God was convicting me. And the next day, actually, I, I was asked to stand in for worship to be a co-lead in worship. And I said, yeah, sure, fine. Without checking the roster, finally realized that the person that I had conflict with was actually leading the prayer meeting. And I told myself, okay, maybe I should do this later. And then the Spirit of God convicted me, make peace with her. And then I told God, you know what? She's not ready, lah. It's always other people's fault, right? She's not ready. Actually, I was not ready, but I said, she's not ready. So I went off stage and I started singing and doing rehearsal. And one of the songs that was sang that night was Lift Up Holy Hands. <laughs> and as I was lifting up holy hands, the Spirit of God convicted me, make peace now. I said, no, Lord. <laughs> and my hands wasn't very holy, but finally I considered and I stepped down from stage because when I was worshipping halfway, I saw her coming in and I refused to look at her. She refused to look at me. And finally, I went down and I told myself I would tell her how much she has hurt me and then I would apologize because I want to be real. I don't want to be authentic. I want to tell her that, you know what? I was hurt too. But when I saw her, she lifted up her head and I saw tears in her eyes. I got scared. <laughs> You know, when women cry, it's very powerful. So I just didn't say anything. So she started telling me off. And I said, okay, okay. And this time around, I was genuinely sorry. I apologized and I zipped my mouth, gave one another a hug. And that night's prayer meeting was very powerful because there was a spiritual breakthrough. I was willing to submit to what God is doing and that's what faith, hope and love is all about. So friends, do not allow your past experiences to stop you from your breakthroughs. Don't talk about the 10 years ago spirit-filled moment. Talk about now. We have a Life in the Spirit seminar. Come, join us. Be filled with the Spirit again because whatever you are going through, God knows. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Friends, God is not against you, He's for you. But yet, He will allow you to go through all these things. He allowed me to go through stress because He wants to grow me and He wants to grow you. And this year, in order for you to experience spiritual breakthrough, trust in Him. Consult him and obey him because that's what David did. And because David did that, he can finally conquer with confidence. Friends, our confidence is not reliance on our ability, our strategies, or even technologies. We have a lot of apps these days. You know, a lot of apps does a lot of job for us. And yet with all this efficiency, with all this efficiency, we are still disconnected. We are still broken. And it all goes to show that technology can never replace the transformation power of Jesus Christ. Technology can never replace the human touch. And God wants to use us as vessels so that we can conquer the enemy with confidence. And the Bible says this in 1 Chronicles 14, 15. As we read on, the second battle, the Bible says that when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of balsam trees, then go out to battle, read the yellow words together, for... 
Wow! For God has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. Praise God. God has gone out before you. Before you defeat the enemies, the Spirit of the Lord has gone out before David. And that's why David can conquer with confidence. Praise God. Because God's way is always the best way. Amen? And George Muller, one of my favorite heroes of faith, has this wonderful story of how he can always conquer in faith and obedience with confidence. There was a story about this orphanage that he started where they ran out of food. And the story goes like this. He said the children are dressed and ready for school, but there's no food for them to eat. The housemaster told George Muller, And George asked her to take the 300 starving children into the dining area and then have them sit at the table. And that's what George did. He prayed and he gave thanks to the food as he always did. And he waited. A few moments later, there was a knock. A baker came and he said, Mr. Muller, last night I could not sleep. Somehow I knew you would need bread for this morning and I got up and baked Three batches for you. I will bring it in. And then they waited. There was another knock. It was the milkman. Because his cart has broken down in front of the orphanage. And then he came to Josh Muller and said, Mr. Muller, by the time the wheel is fixed, the milk will have gone bad. Would you please take in all this milk? And Mr. Muller said, of course, of course. And it was just enough for that 300 thirsty children. Let's give praise to God. That's the God we serve. And if that's too far away for you, now I want to share a personal story because in the Bible college that I I studied in, there was a lecturer, an Indian lecturer, a missionary that was uh, doing his studies, his master's in Australia. And there was a time when he had no more food, no more money, and his fridge was empty. And then he told his family, you know, let us pray and fast today. And while they were praying, there was a knock at their door. A supermarket grocery cart broke down in front of their house. And guess what? They came to him and said, we have a lot of perishables. Would you mind taking all of them? He said, of course, we don't mind. And within 15 to 20 minutes, the whole fridge was filled with food for the entire family for a whole week. Praise God! Now praise God because we serve a real and living God. We serve a God who is always there for us. Therefore, we can conquer the enemy with confidence. And that's what David did because David did as God commanded him. And the Bible says they struck down the Philistine army from Gibeon to Giza. And the fame of David went out into all lands and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. When David obeyed, people are blessed. When a leader obeyed God, the whole nation is blessed. Our confidence is acted upon faith and obedience. But however, in the life of David, do we see that he always obeyed? He always acted in consultation with God most of the time. But remember, there are at least two occasions that David acted on his own desire David has its own agenda. And in the Bible, it says this, that David committed adultery. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. Now think about this. If David would have consulted God even with this issue, God, should I ask Bathsheba to come to my room? I don't think David would dare ask God because he already knew the answer. He knew the answer. And friends, many a times when we acted upon our own desire, I recognize this for myself, it's because I already knew that God is not approving of this, but I'm going to do it anyhow. I'm going to do this because I want to do it. And friends, this year, if you want to have a spiritual breakthrough, we need surrender. We need to come before God and say, Lord, I'm here. It's not my will, but yours be done. Because David sinned led to Uriah's death and the death of the baby. And when David started counting his fighting men without consulting God, it led to a plague that took the lives of 70,000 people. Friends, you can conquer with confidence only when you act upon the will of God. 
So be careful. Be careful that we do not manipulate the things that are sacred. Be careful that when God put a charge in you, a ministry in your hand, that you do not have spiritual manipulation over it because we can do so with our own desire. And therefore, we need to come before God and say, Lord, forgive me, cleanse me. The church belongs to you. This church belongs to you. We want to be a clean vessel, a holy vessel. And therefore, Lord, with the ministry you charge to me, we pray that's what Moses prayed. Establish the work of your hands, Lord. Establish the work of your hands. I want to close with a story. A few years ago, when I first preached on this stage to the English church in 2018, it was a time when I think when I acted in confidence and I was part of something wonderful to see the miracle of God. You know, when I was invited by Pastor Daniel to preach a message in 2018 in the English services, after the message, I received a lot of missed calls. Now, the missed calls was not to say, you know, oh, you preach really well or you preach really badly. It was not a feedback of my preaching, but it was looking for me because my friend Manto was sick in the hospital. And someone in the congregation was a sister-in-law and brother-in-law of Manto. And they call out to see whether I can go to the hospital to visit Manto. Now, I've lost contact with Manto. In fact, I didn't know whether this is the Manto I know. And so I didn't really respond immediately. Then my mother-in-law told me that someone looking for me to go and pray for Manto. And then my brother-in-law, they, they all come from everywhere, ask me to pray for Manto. So I say, this must be from God. Lah. You know, after eight persistent calls, it must be very urgent. So I got the message and I planned to go to the hospital on Monday, on my off day. But the next day on Sunday, I, I felt that a stirring within my heart that I need to visit so I decided I need to visit, but I had a ministry in the children's ministry. So I told them I will come in a bit later, I will go to the hospital. And when I went to the hospital, I was praying, what should I do? Because Manto was already in coma. When I reached there, the Lord gave me Psalms 23, just pray Psalms 23 over him. And I was there looking at his body, the nurse said, prepare for the worst, he's dying. And then the news went out to give to the family members to prepare for his death. And while he was in coma, I recited Psalms 23 and I say, even though, Manto, you walk through the valley of death, you shall fear no evil because the Lord's rod and his staff is with you. God, you prepare a table before Manto, before the enemies. Lord, you anoint his head with oil. His cup will overflow. Surely goodness and mercy shall, shall follow him all the days of his life. And then as I said that, as I prayed, and I was praying for him, not knowing what to do, his body started to move a little bit. And I turned to the nurse, I said, is that normal? She said, well, maybe it's the machine. So I went back, and then we continued praying, and then we rallied the children ministry teachers, and we started declaring life in his body. And then two weeks later, I wanted to visit him, and I went to the hospital, I saw Manto on the ventilator and he opened his eyes and he said, Chris! And I was so happy. He was in coma before that, but then, you know, with the rallying of prayers, not just me, other churches, their friends, people were praying for Manto. And then we rallied together. And then he opened his eyes and in the next few weeks, I saw him sitting up. And then within a month or so, he got up out of the hospital. Praise Jesus Christ because he is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Raphael. He is the God of healing and God can do the same in us and through us when we allow Him to do that because He is the God of breakthroughs. And friends, I do not know what you're struggling with, but this morning, in fact, yesterday when I was praying, God said, pray for the sick, pray for healing. And yesterday when we started, Christian child came out and said, you know, I had uh, this uh, trigger finger and my pain was gone, completely gone. And then this morning we were praying, there was a word of knowledge for someone with shoulder problem and then uh, one of them was prayed and immediately he could raise his hands. Praise God! God is doing something amazing in our midst. 
and I especially want to pray for people who are struggling emotionally, who are in distress, who have mental illness. And if you know of these people, later as we sing this song, as we call out, come forward and start praying. If you are watching online, if you are going through depression, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, may you be set free right now in Jesus' name. Wherever you are, as you are listening to the Word of God, allow God to start working in you and through you. Shall we all stand? Father, we ask of your Holy Spirit to come, Lord, right now. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Move freely in this place. Lord, as we allow the Word of God to sink into our hearts, Lord, I pray for everyone here, Lord. Lord, there may be some who are struggling right now. Let's take a moment. Allow the Word of God to sink into our hearts. If God is speaking to you, I want you to respond. Because this is a year of breakthrough. Let us have spiritual breakthrough. So Lord, move among us. Speak to us. Renew us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are here, Lord. You are here, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's worship for a while first. Declare that God is here. Raise your hands and worship the real and living God. ministry because I believe that God is moving and touching if God is speaking to you this morning and you need a breakthrough a spiritual breakthrough for something if you need prayer for healing especially physical healing or even emotional mental health issues you you know someone who, who has problems in their mental health come forward and stand in prophecy we want to pray with you and together 
uh, for that person. And just now as I was praying, someone with stomach discomfort, if you have stomach discomfort and you, you always have irritable bowel syndrome, I want you to come forward. We want to pray for healing over you. So as we sing the bridge again, I want you to respond in faith and we want to start doing ministry. And if there are ministry leaders, if there are too many people, I want to invite ministry leaders to come and serve together with us. Thank you, Jesus. Those who are going through depression or you know someone, just come. We want to pray for you, especially pray for you. Shut up, Aki and Rabasuri and Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Do your work, Lord. There's ministry leaders and come forward and serve together with us. That we appreciate it. Oh, Jesus. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. Yes, Lord. Father, we want to thank you for what you are doing in this place, Lord. We want to thank you, Lord, that you are moving among us. Lord, we cried out, Lord, for many who are suffering from depression, mental illness. Lord, we pray together in faith that, Lord, they will be set free from bondage, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, we ask for healing, O oh God. We pray for freedom that, Lord, we can face the enemy and say, you be gone in the name of Jesus Christ because you are here to save and to redeem us. Lord, you have finished the work on the cross so that, Lord, we know that in all things we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. And we know that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able spiritual breakthrough year for us. So allow us, Lord, to walk in freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. And so now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen, amen. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say... God is so good. God bless you. The service is over.